Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am your host, Oliver Sparks, and today we're going to be talking more about our legendary Sin Hunter character. It's a very seasonal time of year, so if any of you are out there working on your Halloween costumes, or simply kicking back, enjoying the change in season, then this podcast is maybe for you. Depends on your perspective and preferences. But regardless... This episode is going to be talking more about the results of the battle between Jack and his sibling. So we're going to get a little more in depth on that, and then hopefully we can start to pick up on a lot more of the action that everybody's hoping for. With that said, let's get right into it. Picking up right back from where we left off, Jack towered over his younger sibling, standing there in the afternoon sun. I warned you about this. You know, I thought you would have been better. His sister looked up, confused. What? she asked. Jack shook his head. You know, you and I are siblings, and as I said, I'm lucky to have any family at all. I lost my dad at a young age, and I'm pretty sure you did too. So let me ask you this. Jack knelt down, but as he did, footsteps could be heard from behind. Stop right there, buddy boy. I think I've got a deal for you. Jack turned on his heel, and panic struck his eyes as he saw his mother bound and gagged in the arms of the other bandit. You know, your pop sure did a good job protecting this town, but the members of Birch's gang don't forgive and forget so easily, so I'll tell you what. Jack simply dismissed the bandit and turned and knelt down, Knelling down to his sibling to an angry reply. Ah! You back away from her, you coward! The voice roared. But Jack only held out his hand, and the cold, steeled expression changed. When Jack's sister looked up from under her hat, she was confused to see her older brother holding out his hand to help her up. As I was saying, it's alright. The battle's over. I've got no intention to hurt you any further. The girl, confused but calm, outstretched her own hand, reason coursing through her own veins, slowly but surely. As she got to her feet and let go of Jack's arm, she removed her bandana, revealing a small yet curious nose, starry eyes beneath her hat, and a slow, shaky smile. Why are you sparing me? You really don't know what I did just to see you? I killed people to get to this point, mind you. Jack, who was startled with this new information, shook his head and brushed aside his poncho to reveal a lasso of his own. I'm well aware of your dastardly crimes, little sis, but between you and me, I don't want to kill you and your mom's about to bite the bullet unless we do something. So what do you say, he asked, holding out his own hand. Jack's sister, reluctant in her effort, held out her own hand. But even as they shook hands, another bullet echoed through the air, and Jack turned to see his mother. The gun wrestled from the bandit and pointed down at the slowly blood-filling road. The bandit tried to crawl away, but Jack walked over, his sister by his side. As he approached, the bandit hacked up blood and turned in disgust to the new trio. <coughs> you traitor! The legacy of Birch was yours for the taking, and you tore it to pieces! Why would you lose the life your father wanted for you? Jack's sister, who drew her throwing knife again, whiffing the blade forwards, impaled the bandit's arm into the ground. The man screamed in pain, but continued to try and escape. Heather's daughter knelt down and ripped the knife out of the bandit's arm, cleaning it off with a towel. If I were to kill my family, I'd be no better than my own dad. But make no mistake, Harold, she said, standing up and removing her bandana. I'm still a master suit. It runs deep in my blood, deeper than Birch's tainted soul. The bandit drew a gun from his jacket and pulled the trigger as his mustache blew past the wind. You little bit! The gunshot muffled the curse, and Jack's sister hit the ground, clutching her rib. 
Jack, however, surged forwards, kicking the gun out of the bandit's arm, then turning and stamping down hard on the injured bones. Tears welled up in Harold's eyes as he struggled to leave, but Jack grabbed his head by the hair and then slammed Harold's face down, coating the road further in red. After a time of letting the last bandit drown in his own blood, silence filled the air. The only noise that dared move was Mother Nature, shaking the trees and blowing through the canyon river in the distance. Jack adjusted his hat and then spat on the bandit. Good riddance, you filthy murderer. You go tell your boss, old blind-eyed Burst, that I'll see him in hell to finish the job. Jack then turned to his mom, clutching her arm with a giant gash across it. In trying to get the gun away, she had accidentally risked her own arm while trying to get it. Jack inspected the more serious damage first, which belonged to his sister. He leaned over and grabbed his poncho, wrapping it around her wounded chest. We'll take you home and get you all cleaned up. Jack's sister slowly got to her feet and then put one hand firmly on her wound. I should be fine until we get up there. But, again, why would you try to save me? I tried to kill you first. Jack, who helped his sister up the dusty road to the horses, past the blood pine trees and shaking bushes, just smiled and shook his head as people began to emerge from the houses in town. If there's anything my dad taught me, it's that there's always another answer. Violence should only come after that if a compromise can't be reached. Jack's sister watched as her brother swung up and around the horse's neck into the saddle and grabbed the reins in his worn and dusted gloves. Oh, I'm Mary, by the way, she said, holding up her good hand. Jack turned in surprise and then shook hands again. Glad to hear your name, sis. I was going to call you the nameless one, fearless rider of the canyons beyond. Heather, who laughed at this, rode on with the group, tying bandages around her arm and then setting off through the rolling fields. As the trio rolled on, Heather removed her bandana and grabbed a lighter from her belt, igniting the flame beneath her mask. Good riddance, Birch. I'm a changed gal now. The ashes and remains of the striped bandana floated off into the hazy sunset sky, finally burning out like someone had switched the light off. Jack, who continued to gently bounce about in the saddle, watched as the remains of Birch's legacy burned away, and even, to both his and his mother's surprise, as Mary grabbed the lighter from her mom's hand and burned hers too. After a brief moment of silence, Mary spoke up, filling the empty field that separated them from the house. You know, I always wanted revenge on your dad, Jack, or in this case, my uncle. But now that I'm here, I realize that revenge isn't all it's cracked up to be. What was that old saying that you always used to say? And Jack laughed, and then turned to his little sister. Eh, I have many. I'm not sure. Wait, wait, hold on, Mary said, leaning forwards. If your mom is also my mom, and Birch is my birth dad, then how does that work? She asked, befuddled, clouding her once calm expression. Jack turned to his mother, and his eyes narrowed, not out of disgust, but simply in confusion. I'm not quite sure myself. I would presume that we're step-siblings, but from what the present information can gather. But mom, in case you're concerned, Jack said, tipping his hat up. Heather, her eyes opened a bit more, turned to her son, a firm face set on her features. I forgive you. Whatever happened then, I can't blame you for Mary. And truth be told, neither can Birch. If my dad had killed him sooner, I wouldn't be the luckiest older brother in the world. Mary grinned and brushed her hair out of her face, then stopped. Wait, and exactly how are you my older brother? Jack turned again and then shrugged, confusion spreading to every inch of his mind. Can we avoid the really tough questions until I've had a good cup of coffee, please? He asked, to which Heather and Mary both laughed the rest of the way home. Chapter 4 that kid from Western Ridge. Oh, by the way, this episode's going to be a little bit longer, just because, you know, speeding up a little bit. So, despite finally reuniting with his sister and ending blind-eyed Birch's nightmarish legacy, Jack continued to help Western Ridge grow and shift from a lonely town in the West to something more. 
and as the years went by, it wasn't too long before Jack got himself into some real trouble. Remember that map and coordinates to some of Birch's gold from before, or somebody's gold? Well, as Jack rode out into the canyons and mountains far beyond, he and his sister encountered trouble all over the place. There were Native Americans pushed back from their homes and infuriated to see the people who pushed them away, plenty of wolves and dangerous animals that thrived in the shadow of the nighttime sky, and bandits seeking the gold all for themselves. Jack and Mary rode for several days, refilling on supplies, and eventually they found the gold all to themselves. Thankfully, though the map had been burned in a terrible fight with some get-rich-quick idiot from the east, Mary recalled the place from the real hideout, and, with her brother, they hauled the whole pile of gold and riches back to Western Ridge, and there they eventually disputed the riches and then hid the rest somewhere on their property. But after that harrowing incident, Jack was nowhere near out of the woods, both figuratively and literally, because their property is surrounded by trees. All of a sudden, every gangster, oil tycoon owner, and ruthless gunslinger was knocking at his door trying to get the gold for himself. And they all... And you know how bad they smelled. Even the gangsters and gunslingers. Eventually, though it pained him to do so, Jack was forced to pack his things and hang his hat up on the wall. He embraced his mother and sister, who had grown much taller and older than once before, and he stepped away, wiping a few tears from his eyes. I'll come back, I promise, he said, but Mary put a hand on his shoulder. It's alright, Jack. This is for your own good. It's you they're after, and I know you can't fight all of them off by yourself. As confident as you may be. Jack nodded, looking at the portrait of his father hanging above the fireplace. It seemed so far away now, yet just out of reach. Jack looked to his mother and then took both her hands in his. Are you sure you'll be okay, Mom? he asked. Heather smiled and put a hand on her son's face. It'll be alright, Jack. Liana and her family have agreed to help you out. The same goes with Harry and Rain. Speaking of, Heather said, checking her watch, they should be here anytime soon. Jack looked down at the ground and then picked up his bags. <sighs> okay. Jack took one last look around his house and then stepped out onto the porch, looking at the nighttime sky. Goodbye, Western Ridge. I'll be back someday, and that's a promise I can keep, he said, before slinging his bags over his shoulder and running out into the woods. As he ran, bandits began to explode, and voices yelled from every corner. The woods seemed to explode with life, and Jack was nowhere near safe. But, moving to a more happier side, Harry and Liana were waiting, their old truck humming softly in the cool, quiet fields. Rain had her face buried in the ghostly white light of her phone, constantly keeping her family updated, while Harry sat next to her, tapping a familiar tune on the wheel. Ugh, man, it's a bit chilly out here. What's taking him so long, he asked, kicking his sneakers up on the dashboard. Liana, who stuck her head up front, swung her hand around to smack Harry's leg. He's probably still saying goodbye, you doofus. Did you waste all that knowledge of yours on trying to seduce him? She asked. Before the squabble could escalate further, Rain's hyperactive ears picked up noise over the gentle hum of the engine. Guys, wake up! He's coming! All three anxiously peered out into the darkness and waited for their friend to come out running. Swear to God, Rain, this better not be a prank, Harry muttered. But exactly like they had been hoping, Jack exploded from the tree line, scattering leaves and twigs underfoot. Jack, on the other hand, was running for his life as gunshots echoed through the woods behind him. His boots slashed in the small puddles that do formed when he finally reached the clearing, separating him from the headlights of his friend's truck. Y'all come on in here, get yourself nice and comfy, Harry said, waving his arms. Jack sprinted the rest of the way there, tossed his bags in the back seat, where he lunged into the truck through the window, strapping on his seatbelt. The truck slammed its door shut and rumbled away down the old road, and soon enough, connecting with the highway. Jack finally had a moment to catch his breath, and Liana agreed to sit in the back with her supposed husband, and would occasionally grab his hand or pull him close. It's alright, Jack. We'll find a way to get you back here, she said. 
but deep inside a fire burned in Jack's soul. To anybody who thought they had the snake-eyed, horseshoe toughened balls to try and mess with his family, they'd have a new reaper to watch out for. I'm coming back, Jack muttered, looking out at the rolling fields and trees as they vanished from view, replaced with the airport in the distance. But the visions of bandits flying left and right, and Jack, standing in the center, beating each and every one to a pulp on the dusty road, remained fresh in his sight. Chapter 5 Welcome to the East After the narrow escape from death in the canyons, Jack remembered vaguely the process which he took to get away with his friends. While an optimistic figure would have approached this, talking about the wonderful new opportunities that grew, a realist would see this as nothing more than an escape route. Jack did remember entering a highway and speeding down the road, since no one else was on the road at that time of night. He laughed whenever Harry and Rain agreed, Look, it's only illegal if you get caught. Besides, we'll be at the airport faster, and there's nobody else here. And so the truck was sent off, driving a fare ten miles per hour over the limit. But the quartet arrived safely at the airport and returned the truck to someone who had stopped at the port to pick up the family. A lucky situation for everybody, to be sure. Jack grabbed all of his things before looking into a puddle on the paved road and seeing what he was wearing. Instantly, he put two and two together and realized that he was so far out of police, even his family didn't see him all too far away. Liana, who had just walked around the side of the car, was not one to let this pass her by. Hey Harry, do you have any clothes that Jack could wear? I think that in this day and age, he's going to need more than some Comic-Con getup. Harry, who then grabbed Jack by the arm, walked him through the silver hallways of the airport. As Jack stepped through the various archways and through glass walls, past maps and people fighting for their own sanity for small boxes on pillars that supported their great glass ceiling far above. Even before they reached a restroom, Jack already knew it would be difficult to blend in with society. He was just a kid from a town in Montana, and he had really let the world slip him by. <sighs> you know, my mom told me about places like these. Such impractical building materials, having nearly the entirety of the walls we built out of glass. Harry, who grinned and continued to help Jack with some luggage, shrugged at this. Eh, whenever you want to look at it as, bud. Oh, hey, wanted to let you know that I'm now officially bi. Jack, who perked up at this, was happy at this pleasant surprise. Oh, really? Well, good for you, man. I assumed that was some of my doing, he asked. Harry laughed and nodded, brushing some hair out of his face as he dug through some of his clothes, tossing shirts and jeans to his friend. Yep. TBH society has a lot to offer. Some a lot less pleasant for people like me. But knowing you, I think you doubt your situation too much. I, for one, think you'll blend in perfectly. Jack nodded and took off his poncho and leather jacket, throwing on a brightly colored t-shirt and some sneakers. Harry was about to hand Jack a belt before he saw the dangerous-looking gun that lay on there. Oh, uh, you might want to talk that gun over with security. I'm not sure what you do and how you do things where you're from, but we got some different rules over here. Jack looked down at his belt and nodded, tucking it safely into his shoes, taking the pieces apart and sliding them in. Don't worry, I'll put the safety on and keep this thing tucked away. I mean, come on, when's the last time they searched someone's shoes? Harry stopped and then looked around the bathroom to make sure no one else could hear. Then he leaned back in. <sighs> yeah, I guess so. Alright, if you're good, meet me outside. Finding the girls would be a real hassle with all the people, he grumbled, before pushing through the doorway and back out into the bustling walkway. <laughs>